Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode. It's your host Mona and thank you for joining us. Today is our final episode, our closing chapter. And in today's episode, we are joined by the women who have coordinated this experience for us where we've learned a lot of development and inner growth. And they're going to be sharing their life journey and what women empowerment looks like to them. So today I'm joined by Elizabeth and Miranda. Alice is not with us today, but before we start, I just wanted to say that on behalf of all the girls, we are very appreciative of them dedicating their time to share their story with us. So um, I'm going to start off with Miranda. Um, I want to ask you to tell us about the journey that has got you to where you are today. Hello all, my name is Miranda and I am one of the UK coordinators of Creators of Peace and I am here to talk a bit about some of the questions that you've asked, um, a bit about me, uh, I'm also a violinist, I love gardening and I'm also an activist. The journey that has brought me to where I am today has been a varied one, it's involved lots of struggles, lots of joy, uh, quite a lot of privilege being brought up uh, in Oxford. I was very lucky to go to university in Bradford where I studied conflict resolution and peace studies and that really brought me to the job role that I have today in a very bizarre way. It was a friend of my dad who, when I finished university, I came back to Oxford and she invited me to come and speak at an event for the Oxford International Women's Festival. And at that event, I met Elle and a few other women who took me to one side and invited me to something called a peace circle. I think I was 23 at the time and I was really wanting to find something where I fitted or people I could call community and these women showed me a really interesting way of finding spaces to have conversations that felt really needed and really important. So I have been on the journey with Creators of Peace for around 10 years now and it's taken me a while to get to a point where it felt like this is what I wanted to do but last year I really committed to this as part of my journey. I've done lots of different things. I've also been a violin teacher. I've also um, helped run shops and pubs. I've also um, spent quite a lot of time being an environmental activist and that feels like a core part of who I am still. Thank you Miranda. Um, now I want to ask you what does women empowerment look like to you from a global or from a local perspective? So women's empowerment is super important to me um, as part of my work but also in my life uh, from a local perspective, it feels important to be lifting each other up, um, being in solidarity with women who who are struggling, 
and to find ways to support uh, our communities to be stronger. In terms of a global perspective, I feel like it's very much the same. It feels like we all need to be lifting each other up. And in terms of the uh, privileged position that I sit in, in the West, uh, in a space where I have a, a safe home and friends and family who support me, it feels important to think about all of the ways in which I can use that privilege to lift up other women and that's not just local, that's also global. And the small ways in which we can do that, I hope, will always continue to ripple out into the world. For me, what it also looks like is being honest, being open to listen, being really aware of the things that I may do that may reproduce my uh, internalized patriarchal tendencies. So what I mean by that is, you know, we live in a society where the dominant has been um, men being in charge or um, and women not being in charge. And we are socialized to uh, reproduce that behavior ourselves as women. So being aware of my behaviors and things that I may do that could actually maintain or continue those structures of oppression in our society and in my life, in my community, in, in my home, with my family, in my work. And that looks a lot of different ways, uh, whether it's uh, fighting or arguing for women to be paid better in the roles that they have or um, reminding myself to not clean up after the men in my life. Um, yeah, lots of different things. And lastly, Miranda, I want to ask you, what is a message that you like young women or your younger self to know in regards to self-development, inner growth and potential? A message I would really love to tell young women or things I would have loved to have known when I was younger are that it gets easier, sort of. Um, yeah, I've learned a lot. I've learned to be more comfortable with myself in my 30s and to trust my instincts more. I have learned to sit with the uncomfortable things and to um, enjoy my skills and to learn what they are. And I think I would love I would love to have told my younger self that if I follow my dreams and if I follow joy and do the things that I love, then that is the change that I um, 
will most beautifully make in the world will come through from that. And I say that from a place of privilege. Um, and it's my hope and dream that we can all do the things that bring us the most amount of joy so that we can create a more joyful, sustainable world where everything that we do will be uh, more beautifully done collectively. I think I would also love to tell uh, my younger self uh, to learn to trust more um, in the people that um, are beautiful in my life and to build a sense of trust of myself so that that's more easeful. I would love to really um, share with everyone that the sense of real interconnectedness and interdependence that we all collectively need each other. So to build those spaces where we can communicate and trust and work together to solve the problems that need solving and to be playful and spacious and get into spaces where we can be safe, feel safe enough to be brave and vulnerable so that we can find the answers and the questions um, to move us into uh, bigger, bolder, brighter, more joyful, sustainable spaces together for a more peaceful world that will hopefully come through from that. Thank you, Miranda. Um, now we're going to move on to Elle. So Elle, Elizabeth, could I ask you to tell us about the journey that has got you to where you are today? My name is Elle Lasker. I'm one of the program managers for Creators of Peace UK. I'm also one of the national coordinators and we're part of Initiatives of Change UK and also part of Creators of Peace International. Your first question, tell us about the journey that has got you to where you are today. Thank you for this question. I really enjoy reflecting on my life and my journey because there's little moments along that path which really encourage me to continue in the work that I do. And it also helps me remember that there are bigger things happening in my life that come to influence me and they're magical moments. My family is originally from North Park, North East India, which is a Punjab area. And uh, my father and grandfather came here in the 1960s and set up in um, the UK and eventually moved to a place called Oxford in the UK. So I was born here alongside my brothers and sisters. So um, I feel like I've got two roots to my life story a rooting in my ancestral, my ancestral roots back in the Punjab and my rootings in Oxford in the UK. Oxford's one of those places that I come to and feel like it's my home. Um, 
a real deep sense of belonging here. Uh, my family is also Christian, so um, we were um, we were also sort of part of that church community growing up. So that played a big role in my life and my journey. So with those three rootings, um, life was wonderful, but it also came with its um, challenges because the main challenge was I never really felt I belonged anywhere. So school was challenging because I was one of the few sort of children from a diverse background. Um, and then sort of coming home and having challenges because I wanted to fully embrace British culture. And then the next challenges of having aspirations which were very foreign to my family and um, things that they couldn't understand at the time. And so there was a lot of influences over what I should aspire to be. So back then it was either a lawyer or a doctor or, or kind of get married, which is no longer the case now. Things are very different. And I'm very thankful for that for the future generations. But eventually um, I did find a place. Um, I always wanted to study fashion but I never had the chance to actually go to university and study that as a degree. I ended up studying business and philosophy, actually. And um, out of that, I did take a few gems away from me. And one of the big influences out of that was critical thinking, to always ask questions. And asking the right questions can help you sort of journey through life. So... I'm a firm believer in asking questions, um, even when people are making statements which they feel are the truth. So that's just a little part of my journey. So um, I ended up working in fashion in the end, and I worked in ethical fashion. So ethical fashion, and this was around 2004, um, ethical fashion was about not just doing business as usual. It was a movement which was saying we want to do business but we also want to take care of people's welfare. Um, so back then it was called something, uh, they used to call it the triple bottom line where you would do business and you would look at the people, profit and planet as part of your business strategy. So I got involved in that and I spent about a decade doing that which I really enjoyed and through that came my love of the humanitarian sector and particularly a love for the people and the planet. So out of that, um, I was able to meet, I was particularly interested in women's leadership in business, in this type of sort of social enterprise. And I was lucky enough to come across the fair trade movement, um, the ethical fashion sector was looking at this as well and of course climate change uh, and back in 2004-2005 it was wasn't really popular um, so I'm, I'm very thankful for the wonderful things that happened to get me into thinking about those things. There were three things that happened in 2004. The first is that um, I met, uh, I have a dear friend and she introduced me to somebody who I would begin to work with in, in the ethical fashion sector. 
and together we accompanied each other and supported each other to launch something called the Ethical Fashion Forum. And that was exciting at the time because that was very much at the forefront of a movement of the sort of learning about ethical fashion. So she was amazing. She had this idea and I came alongside her to help make that happen. The second thing that happened is that the Oxford runs the International Women's Festival every year. So the Oxford International Women's Festival. And it's a time where a lot of women and men come together, but predominantly women, and they put on a two-week sort of um, event uh, on the arts and workshops and talks and discussions around a particular theme. And that particular year it was around sweatshops and clothing. So they asked us to do a fashion show. So we had this wonderful fashion show that I put together uh, with my colleague and we started off with about five fashion designers and word got out pretty quickly and we ended up having something like 20 odd fashion designers who worked in the ethical sector who were just starting their social enterprises. So we ended up having, I think, probably one of the first ethical fashion shows in the UK back then. The third thing that happened was that the Skoll Foundation launched its forum at the Syed Business School, which is part of Oxford University. And it's there that I met other people who were working in social enterprise. And this was taking the business model, but adding the components, as I said before, of people and the planet. And this was the first time that I was able to meet successful entrepreneurs who were doing marvellous things and radically changing people's lives and also their own lives by doing good and being sustainable. So those were the three things that came together around 2004 and since then my life has never been the same. So fast forward, um, I eventually became very interested in women and leadership and I was able to um, go to lectures and begin to reflect and educate myself on what were other people doing and understanding that I could also do that. But more importantly, I felt the same. This was the kind of thing that I wanted to get into. I wanted to be like that. So this was a wonderful time for me of really sort of thinking about who I wanted to be and why I wanted to be that person. So eventually I was part of something called the Young Leaders Integrity Alliance. I met this wonderful man who was speaking at an Oxford event um, and he was visiting Oxford one day and he said, oh, uh, I've got some wonderful friends I'd like for you to meet. So I went along and that's where I met um, a dear colleague and friend Mary Lean and she's the one who actually introduced me to a program called Creators of Peace. So she tried a couple of times to get me to come along to a peace circle and eventually I did and that was the second point in my life where there was a huge transformational change. It seemed to me the final part to really click into something um, 
that I wanted to believe in, that I wanted to invest my time in, my thoughts, my reflections, um, and the trajectory that I wanted to take myself, my journey. So that was about 11 years ago, uh, 11, 12 years ago. And uh, since then, I, I continued to volunteer for Creators of Peace. Um, and eventually, I became um, a program manager. So that's where I am today. I am working with women, with peace building, and really encouraging myself and then also helping to encourage others to reflect around what peace means to them and how they can achieve it. Thank you, Al. Um, now can I ask you, what does women empowerment look like to you from a local or global perspective? What does women's empowerment look like to you from a local and global perspective? So the UN women clearly state that you know, they give a really good global perspective. We need more women's voices um, to participate in how society functions. And, um, and how do we do that? So it's the education asset. Is, you know, education is a human rights It's a human right. It's part of the Human Rights Declaration. Um, so you have people like Malala Yousaf really being an advocate for education with with you know, young girls and women. I think also providing spaces to share. How can we provide spaces to young women and all women and and all genders? And those who feel marginalised to share their voice, share their ideas in a space where they're not going to be judged, um, where they can talk and feel like they're in a brave and safe space. I think the other thing is to support by listening. How can we listen to somebody and really be in that present moment and feel like, yes, I'm... I'm listening to you and I'm, I'm understanding and if I'm not understanding, how can I reflect back to make sure that I'm, I'm understanding what you're saying? Then there's the other part of listening with how can you listen to oneself? It's those times where you, I think you need to sit back and think, okay, what's the deeper listening that I can do for myself? I often for myself, um, when I do that, it shows me a clearer path or it gives me an indication of what I might have missed or it sometimes gives me answers to um, issues and challenges that I'm facing. The next one is to have, um, I think, the right people around um, supportive structures to help uh, young women or women to act courageously in what they want to do. It can be a challenging time to kind of take that step um, to change and transformation or even to do something that's on your heart. And also I think the workplace has um, have got a role to play as well as how can we as employers or businesses change the way 
we do business to be supportive places where we're not really just focusing on productivity but we're also focusing on the well-being of somebody and um, and making sure that people are cared for. So I think women's empowerment has a layer, um, have layers that we can all participate in um, and be part of. I think that's one of the reasons why Creators of Peace and the Peace Circles particularly um, struck me because they were not only working with women, but they were providing a space where there was the listening, there was the sharing, there was the encouragement of acting um, in terms of giving support if somebody wanted to move in a certain direction. Um, and then there's time for reflection. So um, for me, that's where I can see Creators of Peace having a role is is being kind of connected in that way. And also, my current reading and listening to podcasts, I'm realising that, you know, development doesn't work by itself. Without peace, development can be even more challenging. So I think working with development organisations and really talking around peace and about peace and what that means to the people... Um, is really important too. And lastly, what is the message that you'd like young women or your younger self to know in regards to self-development, inner growth and potential? That's a lovely question. I think as a younger person, I would have liked to have told myself more that I was enough. Being in a world where I particularly didn't feel welcome or felt I belonged, that was a message that I would tell myself that I wasn't good enough to be in a particular group. Or So I think for me, just being around people and continually telling myself that I was enough and I am enough and that being different is okay. It's unique. It's wonderful. It's beautiful to be unique and be an individual. So this is something that I would say to every young person and every young woman. Be unique. Be yourself. Be an individual. And know that you're enough. I think for self-development, I think for me, it was meeting so many different cultures and talking to people, learning about people, and seeing how that impacted me. Education was part of that. Seeing the world was part of that. Being around different cultures was part of that. It was that self-reflection that brought me up against my prejudices, and then it was up to me to think about whether I wanted to change those and work towards a better self. Eventually, when I, in my sort of journey of growing up, I found myself making the effort to go to lectures and read books and watch programmes or listen to people who 
were different than me, who seemed to be wiser and doing good things around the world and really finding myself listening intently and that was also part of that self-development and I continue to do that today. I will find podcasts around the subjects that I'm interested in. I will go to talks and part of that is also pleasure. So music is a big pleasure of mine and when I go to see and hear a music concert it envelops me in its entirety so I'm completely consumed and I think that is part of my self-development as well. I think Mm -hmm. having time with friends, um, enjoying, laughing, um, being together, eating together, creating together. I think creation and creating has a big part to play in self-development as well. I believe we were born to create good things and I think put in the right environment with the right frame of mind, I think we can do great things. We often, as we grow up, sort of lose that inability to play and create. So for for me, um, that's a big part of how I'm choosing to uh, live my life moving forward in my self-development program. In terms of inner growth, that's that's also part of it as well. Um, for me, spiritual my spiritual growth is really important. And part of that is also, again, listening to others and listening to my inner self as well. I think my message for all young women out there is that you're beautiful, you are unique, you don't have to be like anybody else. Strive for what and who you want to be. And when we work together and when we lift each other up, and that's really important, is to lift each other up. As women, we can really support each other We can really lift each other up, we can encourage each other, and we can show each other a path. So I encourage all young women in all adversities that come in their way is find the right people to support you. Support yourself. Through being kind to yourself and caring for yourself. We can do great things together. The other thing I think which is important is that find the programs um, around, they could be on the internet, um, they could be in your local community, it could be a local group that are doing programs which you're interested in. They might be peace programs, empowering enrichment programs, uh, social enterprise programs. And what we can't forget now is that alongside our economic growth, we need to also think about our planet and, um, and the people as well. So I encourage everybody to take the triple bottom line approach in moving forward in all they do. Um, and that's people, profit, and the planet.
Thank you both very much for sharing your story with us, for sharing your journey with us, for telling us a bit about what women empowerment looks like to you and for sharing a message about in regards to self-development and inner growth. Um, We really appreciate it. And I hope that anyone listening finds any bit of encouragement from that. And I think on behalf of everyone who has been working so hard on this podcast, we are really grateful for everyone for listening and for tuning in. And um, we hope that everyone who's listened has picked up anything from this. And on that note, this is the end of this mini series. Um, speaking for myself, I can say it has been an experience and one that I'm very grateful for. And I'm sure that the girls agree with me. Um, we hope that this is a see you later, not a goodbye. But um, we wish you all the best until then. And take care. We'll hopefully see you soon. Thank you. Bye bye. This podcast has been produced and recorded by Grace, Hadia, Iba, Ilwad, Maggie, Megan, Teddy, Grace and Mona as part of the Next Generation Peace Circle 2021. You can find out more about Creators of Peace UK, Initiatives of Change UK and the Gerard Hermes Foundation for Peace on our podcast homepage.